A ghost is an emotion bent out of shape, condemned to repeat itself time and time again until it rights the wrong that was done. Welcome to the Horrible Film School, a safe place to watch scary movies. I am Chris, joined today by the Horribles, the emo girlfriend, Professor Hootie. What's going on, fellas? Let's talk about some mamas today. And the charismatic uncle, Professor Joseph. What's up, boys? Y'all ready for the most terrifying parent-teacher conference ever? Heavy spoilers ahead as we call for 2013's Mama. Today's lesson, if you have a bad day at work, just go for a ride, blast you some music, perhaps a podcast, and just let that shit roll off your shoulders. After a young couple take in their two nieces, they suspect that a supernatural spirit named Mama has latched onto their family. Get into the cast and crew here. This movie is directed by... One of you fellas might need to help me. Andy Muschietti. Muschietti? He's Spanish, though, so it's not Muschietti. No, like he's Argent- <laughs> he's Argentinian. He's not from Spain. No, he's Spanish. I read it. He, he's from Argentine. He Ain't that in Spanish? Spanish? Uh, Spanish? Spanish? It's in South America. They speak Spanish, so oh. yes. But uh, we're going to say oh, Andy Muschietti. <laughs> That's just, Italian. Just imagine, it, imagine it said without the Italian accent. Muschietti. 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 All right. Let me try to do this. <laughs> I don't think any of us have it, so just just give it what you got. Just go with it. We know. We just say Andy. Yeah, this is what we're about Andy from fucking Toy Story. <laughs> Woody and Buzz really, really got in this kid's head. This movie is directed by Andy Muschietti, who has also directed It Chapters 1 and 2, and the current production on The Flash with Michael Keaton. Ah, oh, I didn't realize he got into the comic book universes. Good for him. Did any of you watch the uh, the original Mama short that he also created that spawned the movie? No, that was like what uh, Del Toro saw and gave him the green yeah. light for. Yeah, it's like a, I, haven't seen I it. think, two and a half minutes video on YouTube is all it was. It's Damn, it really? For uh, Guillermo del Toro to actually see it. Like the way he shot it. There's actually a scene later on in the movie that's like almost an exact shot for shot remake of the short film that he put in the movie. Um, we'll Can talk I guess about what scene that is? Yeah. Is it the camera scene? Yeah. Got it. Yeah, that definitely felt like its own thing. It felt like it was a totally different movie, right? It was definitely super like, fucking If creepy. only he would have shot the entire movie like that, right? Um,. But yeah, it, that actually was a pretty cool little short. Um, you can definitely see the guy had talent. So obviously, Guillermo del Toro saw the same thing. Um, a couple more tidbits about Andy Muschietti. Uh, he's been announced as the director for the live-action Attack on Titan, if we have any uh, anime oh, fans out there. That's anime. That's a big anime the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, it's a huge anime. It's probably the biggest one in the past few years, especially for Netflix. And he was also set to direct that shitty Mummy reboot from 2017 with Tom Cruise. Oh, man. But, uh, I made the mistake of for, watching that. Lucky for him, he dropped out due to creative uh, differences. Mm, ah, good for imagine him. Imagine that. You said 2017? Yeah, I think it was the reboot. So that'd been the same year that it came out. Imagine that story if it went the other way. To piggyback off of the notes that Joey has taken for this Muschietti, he is the second Latino director ever to direct a comic book film, being The Flash, after Guillermo del Toro directed Blade Two in 2002. Uh-huh. Wait, didn't he do Hellboy? He did, but he did Blade Two first. Oh, okay. Let's get in the cast here. First up is Annabelle, played by Jessica Chastain. Oh, who yes. Who was in Interstellar and Molly's Game. I picked those two, obviously. <laughs> uh, one last tidbit here. I see Joey getting very excited. She was voted 
Well, sorry. She is a vegan and was named PETA's 2012 Sexiest Vegetarian. Nice. Troll 2 shout out. <laughs> that Jessica Chastain is one piece of ash. Mama Mia. She has to be one of the most beautiful women on this earth. And even her turn as a member of uh, My Chemical Romance in this movie can't change that. Check her out in uh, Zero Dark Thirty. She's absolutely stunning in that role. Yeah, she's a uh, one of the quintessential redheads. So can't compliment much more than that. I get her mixed up all the time with that lady. Do not from say Jurassic Amy Adams. World. No, the lady from Jurassic World. I think it's Ron Howard's daughter. Oh, uh, Bryce, Bryce Dallas, Dallas Harbor. Oh, yeah, they look like very, very similar to know. me, to the un. Jessica Chastain and I. That's Gwen Stacy from Spider-Man 3. So we'll go ahead and let you walk that back as saying she's from Jurassic whatever. Sorry. I, I never watched Spider-Man 3. So <laughs> that is still on the list. Oh, yeah. I mean, what kind of a Sam Raimi fan are you? It was, well, I heard that he ruined the series because of Spider-Man 3. Chris. I think they may have gave him a little bit too much control of the script. Fair enough. See? But I like yeah. my Sam to be perfect in my mind. I don't need to see any of that shit. Completionist or no, man. Up next is Lucas, played by Nikolai Coaster Waldo, who was in Black Hawk Down and Game of Thrones. Oh, he was in Game of Thrones. This is as much as, as attractive as Jessica Chastain is. This is the best looking person in this movie by far. Been in love with this man for about ten years now. In and, love with him. You know, everyone knows how much I love Jamie Lannister. Gay. <laughs> And to top it off, we got two of them. Imagine being part of that manwich. He's uh, he's been in more than a handful of uh, movies, but like Chris said, and Hootie, Hootie alluded to, he'll always be the uh, sister fucking Kingslayer, Jamie Lannister. The uh, best in character book. in this series. Possibly the best quote from the show uh, that Jamie has is when he's talking to uh, Brienne of Tarth about Renly. It's a shame that Thode isn't made of cocks that have never got him off it. <laughs> he's a good actor, man. Give him some credit. He's uh, He's got chops. He does, but in this movie, uh, this, I wish they would have cut him out of it. What was that prison I thing he did that people him out liked? Of the fucking movie. Shot caller. There you go. I remember him being on a cover of that. And people liked it. I didn't watch it, but... Oh, I tried to watch it. I support it. It came out around the same time as... as Cell Block 99. There's a first part of that I am forgetting. That's a much better movie with, with Oh, Vince yeah, Vaughan. the Vince Vaughn one, right? Yeah. Yes. Never watched that either. Next up is Victoria, played by Megan Carpenter, who is also in It and Resident Evil Retribution. Yeah, she, she played the it? role of uh, Red Queen. Uh, she was Greta from It. Greta, the chick who wrote Loser on uh, what's his name? Oh, cast. yeah. Man, that was her. Looks just yeah. like her. I see it now. Yeah. But uh, she was Red Queen in, in that Resident Evil. Kids, man, they grow up fast. She also played a uh, small part back in uh, 2009's Jennifer's Body, back when Megan Ooh. Fox was actually relevant. Man, I got that on my uh, blind spotting list. I have a feeling I'm going to cross that bridge one day. Hopefully With not. how much of a fan you were, Chris, you never watched that. Exactly. That's why it's in that. I'm telling you, man, it's... You better hope I don't hit on something soon because you're gonna be watching it. Trust me, it's not it's not in her Mister Skin resume, so um, oh, you'll be you'll be uh, you'll be sorely disappointed. I think uh, M G Kelly is the source for all those photos now. Unfortunately. Next up is Lily, played by Isabel Nilise Nilise Nilise, who is also in It and a movie called Mommy. Very close. Who was she in it? I don't. I didn't. I didn't dig too deep here, Chris. I mean, I appreciate Andy uh, giving these kids jobs. Mama was her first acting role as well. Actually, uh, I don't know if you found this note about her, but the reason she has such little dialogue was because she could not speak English at the time. Hence that last Good name, her. French, um, I believe. She also played a role. Um, the role of M.O.R. Not 
back in 2014 on a uh, FX series called The Strain. I don't know if either one of you guys ever saw it. It's a, uh, That's a Del Toro vampire thing. slash zombie slash like outbreak series that was short lived. I think it had about four seasons, but it was actually a really fun watch. It's literally like they took the uh, the fucked up vampires from like Blade Three or was it Blade Two? Next up is Doctor Dreyfus, played by Daniel Kosh, who was in RoboCop 2014 and Aliens. Yeah, so I got a note here. He was he was also in Steven Seagal and DMX's Exit Wounds. If you guys oh, remember that yes. one, uh, DMX rip rip. He he must have sucked the right person's dick in Hollywood because his first acting credit just happens to be like one of the greatest sequels of all time. Not even horror sequels in uh, 1986's Aliens. Um, yeah, Jamie. He Cameron. played a character named. Private Spunkmeyer, and I thought for the longest time his name was Private Spunkmaker. Last, but certainly not least, is the role of Mama, played by Javier Botit, who is in Record and Slender Man. You can imagine who he was yeah, in both those I'm films. I'm about to go off on a huge tangent on this guy. Chris Here we go. Give it to me. I would say I think I did read he was also in 2017's It as well. Yeah. Played the leper version of Pennywise. Yeah, the, uh, the hobo is on drugs. Um, pretty much what we have here is the Spanish version of Doug Jones. Um, this guy is one of the best creature actors in the industry right now. Javier has what is known as Marfan Syndrome, which caused him to grow up skinny tall uh, at six foot, eight and a half. Very flexible with limbs and fingers, proportionally long even for someone of such a height. Um, he's played creature roles in, like Hootie said, Wreck 1, 2, 3, 4. He was in Crimson Peak, The Revenant, uh, The Conjuring 2, Alien Covenant, 2017's The Mummy, It 1 and 2, Insidious, The Last Key, Slenderman, uh, scary, to- scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and also Game of Thrones. Um, Hell yeah. If you haven't seen it, check out the YouTube upload of the uh, Mama Movement test. That shit is fucking terrifying. This is just him, like, freestyling? Well, this, like, in the movie, a lot of the stuff isn't CGI. The hair CGI and the dress is CGI. But I want to put the uh, link for the YouTube video in here, if you guys don't mind, to let y'all watch it in real time. Alright. And just keep in mind, this is like him. This isn't any CGI or any like bullshit. Fucking terrifying before I hit play. It has a 1.1 million Oh views. my god. What is happening right now? Fuck, dude. That's pretty amazing. This is scarier than the movie. Yeah, this shit's wild. To me, one of the negatives is, I mean, I understand the horror movies, you want to see less of the monster. It made, that anticipation makes that much more scary. But I wish we would have saw more of him. Because he's like so unique damn that was impressive let's get into a little bit of the behind the scenes so don't have a lot this week this film takes place in somewhat my backyard of richmond virginia this movie is presented by guillermo del toro but it is not directed by him i only make that statement because several times in the fan reviews it said i love del toro's work but did not like this movie. And I'm like, what What the fuck is going on? People, it's man. One, it's one of, those, one of those cases of Guillermo del Toro presents. His name is like huge on the marquee. I can't say that I've ever seen an incredibly good movie that has ever been presented by someone. Let me think on that. The Protector. Tarantino put his name on that. That's a Tony Jai. Yeah, a martial arts movie. It's... I mean, it's it's just got a bunch of really cool fucking action scenes. It's probably not a great movie, but it was fun to watch. Okay, okay. I've, I've seen, like, Wes Craven Presents, or like, John Carpenter Presents, and those are like, okay, well, this was... I know I know a huge one. It, it might be more common for, like, television shows, um, like Band of Brothers. Oh, yeah, Spielberg put his name like on Tom those, Hanks, right? Tom Hanks, Spielberg. I stand. Uh, they Correct. both have their names all over that. And that's like... One of the, one of the best miniseries of all time. And this probably all goes back to the 
the horror director goat, Alfred Hitchcock, right? Because he created an entire brand of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, his own television show, oh. with all those short stories and stuff. Since the character she plays is a bassist, Jessica Chastain took guitar lessons. Why? Nobody knows. She had like two and a half seconds seconds of (laughs) (laughs) riffs. It was literally like, I don't know, seven seconds of her playing bass. I appreciate the work. She's a a fine actress. And it's rare for for a fine actress to make a horror movie, so... No reason to shun her for that. That is true. This movie had a budget of $15 million and it grossed over $146 million at the box office. I contributed. I did see this in theaters back in the day. Originally set for October 2012, the film's release was postponed until January 2013 in order not to compete with Paranormal Activity 4. <laughs> What the hell was the fourth one called? <laughs> oh. I need Jesus. the subtitle on that one. I, I don't know I what that one's up. about, but I can tell you that there was a there was one released this year called Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. Let me go ahead and correct you. You say you don't know what it's about. I can promise you you can probably just figure it out. It's probably about some stupid-ass ghost. The last thing I have here is Mama debuted at number one at the box office. Followed by Zero Dark Thirty at number two. Jessica Chastain was the lead in both of those films. Get them, girl. Shout out to Catherine Bigelow as well. All right, fellas. Let's get in to 2013's Mama. The film opens with Jeff coming home from work after killing his two co-workers and his wife as you do on a normal day, to pick up his two daughters, Victoria and Lily. They then drive through the blistering snow before finally running off the road. Can Jamie catch a break from killing kids? This man can't be on screen for more than 10 minutes without killing a child. Maybe one of his roles. He would wreak havoc in Texas. (laughs) He's probably killing some little, like, Muslim kid in in Black Hawk Down, too. (laughs) Jeff and his daughters are somehow not dead after the car crash and manage to walk to an abandoned cabin in the middle of the woods. Here's the thing. You say cabin? That's not a fucking cabin. What the fuck That's is a it? house. That's like a suburban a house. No, that's a fucking house. That shit doesn't... I that guess it did not, have a lot of rooms sh- in it. It's, it's, a, it's a house. That shit should not be where it's at. That's what really, like... Kind of like threw me off. It literally looks. You're talking like about something. the interior. Didn't no, match the, the exterior. exterior too. Go back and look at it again. It looks just right. like some shit you see in suburbia. Joey wants his evil dead cabin. It's just it's strange to me because there's no roads or nothing leading to the place. It's just literally at the bottom of a fucking hill. As we find out, it's been abandoned for a while. Quite a while. Jeff is about to finish the rest of his family off by shooting his daughter in the back of the head. However, the ghost of a woman grabs him by the neck and kills him. The daughter actually has a creepy little uh, snippet of dialogue right here while um, Lucas or what's his name, Jeff? Jeff in the scene. Jamie Lannister. What you got to understand is... Nicola Coaster-Wald actually plays two roles in this movie. The the role of Lucas, who we see later on in the movie, and the role of Jeff, twin brothers. So, once Jeff gets killed off, he takes the role of Lucas. Um, Yeah, right here in this scene, Jeff is freaking out, you know, crying and shit. He's killed his family, and he's planning on killing the rest of his family. The uh, little girl's looking outside and she sees what she describes as a woman floating, not touching the ground. And as we'll see here soon, Jamie gets to meet that girl, or that woman. Jeff. Jeff. (laughs) Nothing like uh, just a kid telling you specifically what they see to put the hairs up on the back of the neck. It's super freaky. Victoria and Lily are left abandoned in the cabin slash suburban home with the ghost of Mama. 
I thought she threw her in like an apple or something in this scene where they're like cuddled to the fire and like something yeah, rolls yeah. out of the darkness. Um, turns out it's cherries. Is there any significance to like cherries and like the characters or anything? Or There's a lot of symbolism in these movies. It was a humongous cherry. I yeah, I thought it was, yeah, so I thought it was a fucking apple. <laughs> the size of a fist. Mama knows how to grow them cherries. We move to five years later and catch up with Jeff's brother, Lucas, who looks exactly like him. We're assuming twins. Also, Beautiful. we meet Annabelle, the girlfriend of Lucas, who is in a punk band. This 38-year-old's over here fucking playing shows and shit in a rock group. That's a job. <laughs> She's living the life. I gotta here. shout out the uh, the credit sequence before we go any further. I love when a good credit sequence can entertain me. And those pictures, like the one of the girl puking up the rat, that shit was intense, yeah. man. Yeah, it literally like shows the uh, the progression of the kids going from, you know, just starting out surviving to uh, mama taking care of them and then becoming feral. Yeah, I really like these doodles a lot, which yeah. I'm always interested in the uh, psychology of a kid in a situation like this. Mm. But I love this introduction to Jamie. Wait, what's his name again? Lucas. Jesus Christ. I love the introduction of Lucas. You got Jack White playing. This motherfucker's wearing a beanie. And you got emo Jessica Chastain girlfriend. This is like the perfect fucking life. <laughs> Interesting vibe for sure. Lucas is literally having to hide all the fucking razors and shit. Lucas has hired two local good old boys to track down the car and whatever remains of that fateful night. They soon find the car and the house of Mama, which now houses two very possessed girls. Alright, keep this in mind. This is five years later. They've been searching for this car for five fucking years. They just now find the car and it's skidded off the side of a highway. It can't be that far off the road, right? It can't at all. How did it take five fucking years? They were going the wrong direction. I guess. But you watch it. (laughs) You watch it, right? And the two guys that are searching for the fucking car and the kids, they're off in the woods taking a piss and eating, like, sandwiches. And they just somehow notice a car sitting there. Why is it that someone always discovers something taking a piss? It's never like when you're taking a shit. It's always just standing there taking a, it's always a man taking a piss and just I think it's something. one of those things of a man wouldn't mind getting bit in the ass by like a wolf but you got your dick in your hand it's like I don't want anything snatching my dick oh you're more alert I like got some, it some chipmunk jump up grab a hold of my shit maybe if we all piss in the woods we could find all kind of stuff hey I've spent That's just, pl- spent plenty of time pissing in the woods did you find anything that good? we should do <laughs> do all search parties I just a bunch of grown men walking around with their dick out I found myself. We'll find it, man. I found myself for my sexuality pissing in the woods. He got bent. Yeah, I was, oh. fucking, a, I was fucking a tree stump. <laughs> Lucas and Annabelle go to meet Victoria and Lily at the local Institute for Children. Victoria thinks that Lucas is her father, and they have a sweet embrace. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty heart heartstring pulling right here. Um, can we talk about how the actual girls looked in the cabin before we move on? Yeah, that freaked me out, man. It was very that, effective. That's one. Of, that's the first legit like scare in the movie for me. Like straight like Green Inferno looking shit. That and the noises they were making. They were making noises like cats. Like not really cats in heat, but cats when they get really defensive. Yeah, it was super freaky. Like I, I don't know who they cast in these this role to play the kids at this moment but uh bravo because they were like literally like moving around uh, on all fours up and down stairs like the shit where she ran down the stairs yeah lily's the freaky scary. one yeah that was scary all the crawling stuff was great man it was legitimately like little spiders or something if I was one of those men, I would have ran the fuck out oh yeah it's, it's so <laughs> super unrealistic yep. my ass isn't going there <laughs> As soon as I see these like little goblins fucking scurrying around, and li- when I would have saw the mound of uh, cherry pits in there, I would have got the fuck out. Where was this cherry tree yet? Now, now I'm intrigued. I don't think there was a cherry tree. I think it was one of those things of the mama character. We see later on in the movie she's able to like teleport and shit. She maybe she's going to like some some cherry oh. orchard or something. Going to the apple field. 
Well, you're the VA man here. Do you have like an abundance of cherry trees up there? Uh, not to my knowledge, but uh, yeah, I guess I gotta cruise around some more, find these cherry pits. I think there's some symbolism we're missing here. All right. Lucas and Annabelle get into a custody battle with the girl's aunt and are forced to move into a house owned by the Institute in order to keep them in their custody, according to the doctor. I thought this was a pretty unique custody situation where it's like, all right, these guys are pretty much penniless and don't have real jobs, so we're going to give them a house to raise these two children. It was just very, I don't know the word I'm looking for here, very novel ideas going on in this movie. Yeah, at so, best, at best, Je- uh, Lucas in this movie, uh, he has a fine arts degree. And Annabelle works at a fucking grocery store and plays a guitar in her spare time. At He's base. all heart, man. He's all heart. I like the I liked his character. I found it strange though that the couple couldn't tell anyone the location of the house. Like why was the doctor being so suspiciously creepy? That's strange. Hmm, I didn't pick up on that, actually. Yeah, so they were like sworn to secrecy, like a witness protection or something? Yeah, the only people who could be uh, told of the house were them and the aunt. Well, I think, was it it. Was, I think it was a case of like, he he was, you know, very interested in the case because it's a strange case. It you know, kids being able to survive by themselves, um, what it seems like by themselves for five years in a cabin or suburban home. In the middle of the woods, um, I think he saw profit in it, you know, um, having a case study and such, maybe writing a book. Uh, book deal. And, and by him, him, uh, the two lead characters and uh, the aunt knowing about the place, like the, the kids wouldn't be able to interact with anybody else. They wouldn't be able to um, have their minds, what's the word? Preoccupied. Like they ran a petri dish in a way. You just kind of uh, isolate them like straight yeah, scientific the, the experimentation. Uh, the isolation of the kids wouldn't. Uh, There's no outside influences. Yeah, it wouldn't. Uh, a controlled, a, a controlled, controlled environment is what is yeah. what the doctors looking for. That makes sense, but how does he enforce that? It seemed like it was a court order type deal. Well, that's the thing. Apparently, the courts rely on what he says, like as a final mm-hmm. word. Yeah, I think he did have that little note in there, like, whatever I say goes. Yeah. In cahoots. Another fucker with a PhD, just full of ego. It's two in a row now. Yes, it is. Victoria and Lily move in, and we get to see how creepy Lily is, even after going through rehab. She's running through the house on all fours. Yeah, yes. man, that, chick, that little kid crawling, and her popping up on the counter, man. This girl, uh, she had some legit jump scares. Holy fuck, what are you doing? <laughs> The doctor is working with the girls on finding out who exactly Mama is. He learns that she escaped from a psychiatric hospital to get her child back. What did y'all think of the flashback scenes that you see scattered throughout the movie? It kind of has its own artistic style. Um, yeah, at first it came across very like surrealist. Like I guess that's just type deal. Yeah, I guess that's just the nature of the actor we were talking about. Just the way he appears makes it yeah. seem like it's not a. I don't want to say not human because that's that's a shitty way of saying it, but like it's a surrealist version of a person, you know, more like an idea of a person who went through these horrible things. But I was pretty cool with it. I like the uh, like the the way it was filtered. The lighting was different, and it was instantly like without them telling you specifically what they were describing. I thought the images did that for you without any words, really. Meanwhile, back at the house, Lily is playing a little game of of tug-of-war with Mama. You know, normal things. That was fucking creepy, man. Yeah, it's these type of, like, camera angles that show, you know, in one room, you can see she's having tug-of-war with what you assume is Victoria, her her big sister. But then, uh, what you see in the same frame same shot is like a hallway where Victoria, you know, walks by and is yelling for Lily to come down to dinner or whatever. And it's uh, super creepy. And you hear the noises that, that Mama makes. For me, that's in terms of the scare factor, that's probably scarier than an actual 
actual appearance is is the sounds like the clicks oh, yeah. and the moans and and just the the animal noises that she makes yeah the sound design was a big deal i think yeah huge i made the fucking mistake of watching this with headphones on oh and a few of those fucking jump scares legit got me <laughs> oh god jesus christ like holy shit man what it just hits well man what's y'all's opinion on jump scares I'm torn. Sometimes I'm sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, this sucks. You're not, especially if the character doesn't react to it. If it's just the audience, I'm like, well, this is kind of cheap. But um, the same opinion. I, well, I'm 100 percent the same. I think they're all lazy. If the character doesn't react, they're completely. The joy said, "Fucking lazy." Um, I just feel like there's a difference between being scared and being startled. You know? Yeah. True. The worst example of that is the ending of the first to bring up a previous movie we talked about paranormal activity that that shit like that is like is disgraceful yeah so if you haven't seen it go check it out I guess it depends on how you how you think the filmmaker is using it like uh, a movie like paranormal activity is made for an audience right but if you're making like something that's story like plot driven then things like that come across as like cheap like I'm not here for a ride. I'm just here to watch these people go through this story, you know. Okay. Okay. Paranormal activity is a ride. Strap in. So I'm saying, yeah, like if I'm watching like uh, an action movie, then most of the shit, I mean, I don't care what happens or how it happens. I just want to see what happens. Some people probably view horror movies the same way. They just want to feel like the clinches, you know. I want to see a man on steroids all oiled up, Chris, with a shirt off, holding a big gun. I can see you being into that, man. Annabelle is about to get it on with Lucas. Who can blame her? Hell yeah. When Annabelle sees Mama trying to sneak a peek. More people fucking with the door open getting spooked. Can we learn our lesson? Yeah, you got kids in the house now. What y'all doing trying to fuck with the doors open? Trying to add a third one to the mix. Hell, I got to take all my family photos and put them face down when I jerk off. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how people actually take all mine and point them right how, at me I don't know how, so like I don't know how everybody's <laughs> fucking with the door open uh, why so at no other point in this movie I don't think does mama like walk around the house and look at people but when they start having sex mama gets very curious oh she's <laughs> so that technically is a jump scare right but Annabelle sees that and reacts to it so this is an example, in your guys' opinion, of an effective use of that same uh, device, that's right? The thing. Like, use a few. Yeah. Sure, a few jump scares is fine. I just don't feel like it should be the the centerpiece of all your scary moments. And I feel like this movie has a decent mix of both, but it is overly reliant on jump scares. But yeah, in this scene, sure, it's effective. You really can't hold it against the director at all. Lucas goes to check out what exactly Annabelle saw when Mama pops out of the wall and pushes him down the stairs. As soon as I see this, I wrote, this fall is death, right? How the fuck does he survive this? Motherfucker I, I thought he was dead. It's like falling down and hitting his head on every step. That shit was crazy. Well, I guess if Bran Stark can do it, then... Jamie Lannister. What is it about people in horror movies? Like, you see a spot on the wall with, like, some blood oozing out of it and a bunch of moths pouring out of it. You got to stick your hand in there? What are you fucking doing? Well, this is, like, the first one I've seen where someone actually gets attacked in one of those situations. Yeah. Usually it's just, like, a creepy, like, foreshadowing thing, but this one, like, came at his ass. Yeah. Lucas, to y'all's point, is not dead, but he is in rough shape. He is now in a coma. This forces Annabelle to be the sole provider for Victoria and Lily. Yeah, they sidelined him. Imagine, you're a 48-year-old rock star emo girl. Your whole life ahead of you. You're causing trouble. You're against the system. Now you're saddled with two wild fucking kids. Miss digging through the ditches and burning through the witches. It's now got yes. two children. <laughs> it might drag you there. 
<laughs> she kind of annoyed me. I guess this is kind of maybe just being a parent at this point with the way she approached the situation. Where she was so against it, like, I don't know, man. She just annoyed the She's fuck out of a me. rebel. She's got a black flag fucking shirt on, dude. She's not putting up with these brats. Black flag. But I could tell. I guess I could just see it in her that she had such motherly instinct that it was hard for me to kind of buy that. I'm like, this dude you're with has spent his entire, every dollar he's made for five years trying to find his nieces. How can you not just be in love with this guy and on board with what he's doing? Like, this is all he ever wanted. And it's a good cause, right? Chris, she we, was just like, ah. Dude, there's a scene showing, like, where she 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 has a pregnancy test. And it comes back yeah. negative. And she's like, fuck yeah, hell yeah. yeah fuck, I was like, fuck you, fuck pussy. This lady. Hell no, I, wanna put, I don't want a baby in my womb. How, how do you do that to a... I don't know. He deserved a lot Here better. Here we go, motherfuckers on his high horse about being a parent. She knew... No. Jamie is well, not Jamie. Lucas is so attractive. She was just in it for the D, man. Okay, that's it. I know, but this guy, literally, all he had, all he wanted in life was to find these kids. You are over. Yeah, but who the, the fuck situation. would want to inherit a bunch of wolf kids? And actually yeah, these put kids. Up with I don't know if you want to call these kids. Wait, this, these kids have been missing for five years. So there's one of two situations here. Either she was in a relationship with him before that. Or she started dating him since. Either way, she knew what kind of person he was and how he felt about his family. Maybe and she, she's maybe she banked on the fact that they were dead. Here is the problem. I'm saying you're, that makes me dislike her even more. You're looking at it from a logical perspective. Think about this: these kids for five years, all they've been eating is cherries. <laughs> now <laughs> all these kids eat. All these kids sweet. eat. All these kids eat now is cherries. You got to go and buy cherries, canned cherries, fresh cherries, cherry pie. Imagine cleaning up their asses after they take a big old cherry <laughs> shit. Because you know yeah, Lily don't know how to use a bathroom. She be shitting in the middle of the floor. That's some runny shits. Could you imagine these girls finding cheer wine? Good Lord. Oh, my God, dude. I had some cheer wine earlier. Oh. Come on down Fucking to nectar, nectar of the gods. Yeah, it's good stuff. So to Chris's point, Annabelle is is now trying to be a mother. Nah, she ain't fucking trying. In my opinion, this is where the movie actually gets pretty good. Is this whole sequence with her? As soon as as soon as Nicola Coaster Wildale is out of the movie, then the it's movie sidelined actually, him, it actually gets good. Sidelined. It actually gets good. Yeah, because you took all the good people out of the fucking movie. Sure, whatever you got to say, man. All means the one. Okay. Well, his brother wasn't a good person. Annabelle puts the girls to bed and wakes in the middle of the night to hear them playing in their room and a woman singing. She goes in to find only the girls who tell her not to open the closet. Yeah, she's laying in bed. She hears... She hears... Seven days a week. (laughs) What? Wet-ass pussy. Make that Uh. black game weak. She hears mama singing that shit. She's in there just dropping beats. <laughs> did you guys did you guys notice the lighting in this scene? I did not. Like it was it looked like sunlight coming through the windows is how bright it was. I was like, this is supposed to be the middle of the night, right? Like these kids are in their pajamas or whatever. But I don't know if it was just a goof with the lighting, but it looked straight up like sunlight, sunlight coming in. Sunlight shining through my window. Maybe mama Let's is a ray of sunshine, Chris. I don't know, man. It's just kind of odd. I was like, this is a scary sequence. I was like, well, what the fuck? Why are we in daytime? Then I was like, we're not supposed to be. It was just confusing. It was creepy when they were like, don't open the closet. Don't go in the closet. It like, they like just creeped me out. Choked me. Yeah, and then she did like the closing the door very slowly. Yeah. Scary. Uh-oh. So did Mama occupy physical space? I have a question about that coming up. In a little bit, because it gets there's another situation where it's probably worse than this one. It gets kind of like bouncy. Like, is she in a spot at yeah. all times, or can she disappear altogether? Yeah, I'm very confused, and I think the director is too. Annabelle is uh, now terrified uh, of the girls and hears them once again talking to Mama before Mama pops up behind her. Jump scare. Yeah, that was the, one the audience. That was the headphone ones. Oh. Yeah, gotcha. I was like, oh, fuck this. So I took one earbud out after that. Oh, you gotta go take a shit. <laughs> I'm gonna need some ambiance for after this. 
Lucas wakes up at the hospital to see his dead brother Jeff telling him to save his girls while Mama is being written on the monitor over and over. This is kind of confusing here. This feels like a disconnected sequence. What does this have to do with Mama at all? Yeah. Now she's just, is Mama just fucking with, with Jeff? Well, or? the way yeah. I see it is she was trying to get him out there to the cabin, possibly to Why? kill him, to finish the job. Because mm, I think she he's get, the only viable. Well, she saw have. how, I mean, she, she sees how the kid, uh, Victoria, is reacting to Lucas. Like, she's Love. pretty much of the mindset, hey, that's my dad now. Yeah. And uh, there's only one parent in uh, Victoria's life, in Mama's opinion. Ooh. And that Mama. Yeah. mama. That tracks. I like that. I'll go with that. Mama said, Mama said. Jen, the aunt, comes by to get the girls for her day. Annabelle ter- tells her to fuck off. And, there- and then Jen calls social services. Now yes, she cares, Chris. Mama bear. Exactly. She finally became the mama bear. Which, like I said, I just saw it in her the whole time. She's just too... She's just too regal of a woman to be that shitty to kids, I guess is what I was saying to this point. Gene is over here trying to be a fucking narc, bro. You know what we do to narcs in my damn part of the woods. Snap them up. I got another question Snap. about... Uh, Lily was always laughing, right, at mama. Yeah, creepily, yes. What the... F- what the hell was she doing? That was so damn funny. She was Mama? Faces. She was playing yeah. uh, Bigaboo. Uh, I mean, think about that in your mind like you're a child sitting there. What is this thing doing that's that damn funny all the time? How many times does Declan look at you and you start laughing? I'm funny, though. I'm sure Mama thinks she's funny. <laughs> I'm talking about the child thought that was funny. Like, is she like telling jokes? Is she like doing like uh, Kevin Hart bits or something? What if she's juggling? Kids love juggling. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. She could have been like juggling her own head or something. I don't know. She thought it was a fun little thought experiment. Uh, giving Annabelle the bunny ears you know, back in the 90s joke. Classic. Lily just bouncing around straight up Jungle Book, man. The doctor comes by to speak with Victoria and find out if Mama has moved into the house. After showing her a picture of Mama, Mama begins to climb out of the walls, and the doctor gets the hell out of the house. Dude, I'm telling you, we finally see what she looks like. Mama, Mama was alive. She had a face for radio, man. She looked fucking terrible. Jesus. Yeah. She wasn't pretty. Annabelle is shown a vision of Mama killing a nurse in order to take back her baby and then being chased through the woods before jumping off a cliff with her baby. I actually like this sequence. It was pretty cool. It's a lot of CGI. It's a lot of CGI. But it was a good scene. The doctor has finally found the cabin in the woods in Clifton Forge, Virginia, on his search to figure out the mystery of the woman who is Mama. The doctor, however, becomes just another victim. Teas and peas. Yeah, this whole uh, this whole sequence where power goes out and he's having to uh having to uh take pictures and the flash use the flash as the only source of light that shit was scary as fuck because the noises she's making uh you gotta like if you don't watch the movie like look up a youtube video of the noises she makes it, that shit is so free that's the camera design, you're talking man. about yeah now it clicked okay that was a very effective scene it's like the only one that was shot in like pure darkness too. Wait, 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 hold on. Are you talking about from early early when we referenced the, the, the actual the short film? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's not the part oh, I was talking about. Okay. This is what I was talking about. I thought about. you meant I thought you meant camera as camera as in camera work. No, 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 no that's no, about no. him him using the camera in the house. Okay, yeah. This this isn't the part. This is this I mean this is still a great scene. And what was the short film about? Though. We're gonna get there in a little bit. We're going to get there in a little bit. I'm actually okay. intrigued now. Annabelle is having a breakthrough with the girls when she sees what she thinks is one of them. This is the part, Chris, in their room, but soon finds out that it is the spirit of Mama. Why is she chilling in the corner, and why the fuck is she hiding? 
is she a person? I mean, that sounds like some Lily shit. I think she's just, I think she literally is trying to just pretend to be Lily, like, right there to not be discovered, you know? She's definitely trying to fuck with it, right? Because she wants to replace her at this point. We saw what she did to Lucas on the staircase, so she has a way of, I guess, roping someone in and then being able to physically interact with them, so. I feel like she's just fucking with him. She doesn't really want to, like, kill her. She wants to get her out of the picture. I think yeah. she kind of feels like a, um, uh, uh, not really a sisterhood, but it's of the like traveling a, pants. you're kind of, you're kind of like a, uh, not really a mother, but you're, you have your motherly ways and I'm a, I'm a mama. Right. I well, give she, them peach pits and She's like and, the and reluctant mother. And then we have the spirit being like the, uh, she's just dying to be a mother again all she wants versus the last thing that Annabelle wants. And this is the, before this scene we have her wrestling with Lily. That scene was so good. She's like wrestling her on the ground. She smacks her and then she comforts her. I was like that is exactly how children behave. That was the most realistic part of the entire movie. What we start licking on her hand? No you remember that scene where she's like trying to talk to her And she's like fighting back Yeah on the ground and then she's like really cold Cause she slept outside Yeah and she likes the way And her, she starts she licking her hand She's like Ugh, that feels I'm good just talking about the way that Like the fighting The way the kid pushes back I was like that's That's exactly how a child behaves man Yeah Annabelle takes the girls to see the doctor But realizes that he is missing So she steals his laptop instead Meanwhile Lucas has also figured out That mama's cabin is in Clifton Forge, Virginia and goes to check it out. Coincidence. Da, da, da. Annabelle begins breaking down the game tape from the doctor on the two girls. She realizes that Mama is in fact real and learns of how she has imprinted on the two girls. Yeah, this whole time she's wearing like headphones, like listening to the uh, interviews that Mr. or Doctor, excuse me, don't want to disrespect Mr. the uh, title. Dr. Dreyfus um, was having Victoria. Uh, he was using, like, hypnotherapy to uh, learn more about Mama and uh, to see exactly uh, how they survived those five years. I'm thinking she should have did a quick little Control-F on this guy's laptop just to see what else we could find. You know he's got some fucking porn. Yeah, there had to be some weird... I'm just curious. You hypnotizing people, you gotta be fondling somebody's balls. Exactly. I'm like a child psychiatrist. You gotta have some, some unusual uh, kinks. For some reason, Victoria hugs Annabelle and tells her she loves her. This really pisses off Mama. Cross that line, buddy. Mama attacks Annabelle and almost sucks the life out of her before Victoria makes her stop. Mama breaks her glasses for back-talking her. Hopefully they have insurance. Meanwhile, Aunt Jen is trying to break into the house to save the girls. She soon meets Mama. What bad fucking luck does Aunt Jen have? Dude, every time she goes in there, she's getting told off or getting fucked up by a ghost. Damn, woman. Leave him kids alone, woman. She becomes possessed by Mama, I, I guess. I don't know. It's a very strange scene. It's the sequence right before this that where Mama is chasing the kids through the house. That's the actual short film um, that Guillermo saw. Mm. I could see that too. There's definitely some some money shot effects in that few uh, few bits of hallway chases. Going behind Victoria and like wraps around her as they're coming down the stairs, and you see uh, Mama. Out of, uh, from Lily's perspective. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty freaky. Mama takes the girls, and Annabelle drives to Clifton Forge in order to pick up Lucas and search the cabin. While searching, they find the corpse of Aunt Jen that deteriorates, then see the girls on the top of the cliff about to jump with Mama. Nobody gives a shit about the remains of Aunt Jen. Yeah, yeah. Aunt Jen got a tough face. Didn't get a single fucking tear, barely an acknowledgement. She was a fucking bitch. Think, she got what she deserved. Lucas, <laughs> Lucas goes like uh, a gin and like catches her and she deteriorates. <gasps> and then they're just like, okay, <laughs> keep going. Oh shit, moving on. Thanos then got her ass. The moss. 
right. Can we talk about how like Lucas stumbles upon Annabelle driving out there? Yeah, it's a, literally walks to the middle of the fucking road. Hellacious happenstance. Like right as she drives by. Oh my god. And he's, he's like, Yeah, I heard you were coming. I was like fucking te- fucking terrible. Yeah, it was a, gotta gotta tie some things together there. Annabelle stops Mama in her tracks by presenting the corpse of her dead child, which she found in the doctor's files. Mama has a little bit of a breakdown before knocking out Lucas and then beating up Annabelle. Yeah, she. Uh, this is when she returns to her human form. Yeah, the, and then, yeah, Lucas sees her baby, has her moment of grief, and then just denies it and tosses it away. Very huh. sad. I think she's more attractive as a fucking spectral ghost spirit than she is as a human. Jesus, man. Ooh, Joy likes this ghost now. She probably, she probably sucked the soul out of you as a ghost. You gotta have some sympathy. As a human, it's yeah. like, holy shit. Mama is about to take both girls off the edge of the cliff when Annabelle grabs the tail of Victoria's robe and she decides to stay behind with Annabelle. Lily and Mama fall off the cliff and leave Victoria behind with Annabelle and Lucas. The end. It's pretty cool imagery here when uh, Mama and, and Lily are floating in the air and Mama's clothing uh, pretty much throughout the whole movie is kind of like really wavy and long and shit. And it wraps around both uh, Mama and Lily. Almost like a chrysalis or cocoon. Um and as they fall, it breaks open on the branch that caught the baby uh, early in the movie. And out of that pops out a bunch of blue moss that Victoria pretty much sees as Lily and Mama uh, combined. So Victoria has a little piece of Lily still there in the form of the uh, blue moss. A lot of cool imagery right here at this scene to tie back to the uh, rest of the movie. It was a dark ass ending, man. I did not recall exactly how it ended. So, as she was going down, I was, I was pretty sad. They got the uh, Lucas and Annabelle got the better end of the deal. Get rid of, get rid of Lily. That's shitting all over the house. Creepy one sleeping on the bed, dragging a bunch of sticks, rocks, and shit, and just tying, putting them everywhere in the house. Get rid of her. That's a human. I mean, she's gonna grow up to be like a liberal arts major and. Probably nah. become a film director. She was going, She's got she the, was going to grow up to kill one of those fucking. No. Nah. I think she. Uh, I don't know, man. I liked her. I wasn't ready for her what, to go. Well, now Victoria heart. has a bunch of pet butterflies. So there, there you go. It all worked out. Yeah, that's not creepy. Having <laughs> the, just a circle of moths around her for the rest of her life. With that fella in a movie riddled with all kinds of cool shit, what piece of memorabilia would you want from Mama? I'll go first just because I think mine is the most like uninspired and most uncreative answer. Um, the guitar player in Annabelle's shitty punk band, he plays a uh, Telecaster. Oh. I've always wanted a Telecaster. Now I can finally do my best impersonation of a uh, fat, bald Jimmy Page. Nice. Nice. Sell tickets, man. Patreon content. For me, man, give me some of that artwork. As I said, these kids were definitely going to grow up to be some inspired artist they got skills that's so. not creepy at all good god it was unique to the film man it was unique i suppose uh for me there was not a lot to choose from but in the spirit of jessica chastain being in a punk band give me that purple misfit shirt oh yeah nice i'm also gonna probably I was gonna say the outline chose i should have chose the the baby remains That'd be badass. Oh my that'd god! Be fucking gross. What about the little that doll was... that they had? That was that could have been one, the one that Mama made. Oh, did Mama make? It? Only, yeah, that was the only other thing that came to mind. More, more trash to worry about. More fucking rocks and, and sticks and stuff. Throw it away. Get rid of it. With that, let's get into some Rotten Tomato fan reviews. See what the folks thought about Mama. First up, Kevin Kevin D. says, That was 90 minutes of my life I will never get back. How critics like this affirms my belief never to listen to them. Rewatch Back to School on TBS, which is probably on now, and thank me later. One star. (laughs) Amen, brother. Rodney Dangerfield, let's go. 
Damn. Back, a good no respect. No respect. Back to school is pretty good. It's pretty good film. Well, he's giving his movie no respect. So fuck that guy. Oh, I'm taking it back to school. Anyway, my wife, she don't give me no respect. No respect. Next up is Jessica S. I love the movie. It was amazing, but I hate the end. Victoria, that little cute girl, turned into a butterfly gay. For an I love the way that fucking ended. Did she mean Lily? First of all, she's wrong. It's fucking Lily that turned into a, a moth. I got um, a review of that review, man. The ending of that fucking <laughs> yeah, review that was, that's was a good the review. worst part of the review. Victoria turned into a butterfly. <laughs> wow. Uh, Jessica. All right. All right. And uh, one last one, uh, just to reaffirm that a lot of people thought someone else directed this film. Dylan C. says, if not for director Guillermo del Toro and lead actress Jessica Chastain, Mama might have fell by the wayside to join a plethora of other mediocre, bad, scary movies. Three stars. Hmm. Was the movie really held that high, in, in that high of a regard among critics? To me, this person actually kind of hits the nail on the head. It's kind of just like every other fucking haunted house ghost movie. I would have to agree with you. Like I, did, I never thought it was like critically acclaimed. I think I said in the last episode that I was excited to see it because I thought it was, but apparently I got the movies mixed up. With what? Like the movie I was talking about was where the mom has like plastic surgery or whatever. And the Good night, boys. mommy. Good night, mommy is the movie I was. That movie to. is much better. That's a terrifying movie. So that's that's know. what I thought we were about to watch. I don't remember anything about that movie. So let's wrap Mama up. With our grades and thoughts, fellas. Mama gets a letter grade of C for me. The age-old marketing ploy of attaching a well-respected director to a horror movie is in full effect here. They just never really hold up to the work you expect with the attachment of the director. I am usually not a fan of ghost films, and Mama is, of course, no exception. The movie is worth watching for Chastain and Jamie Lannister. But besides that, it leaves a lot to be desired. Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer. Gotta give it a big old meh. Uh, letter grade C for cliche. Uh, I think I've let it be known by now that I personally do not care for paranormal horror or haunted house horror. Um, 2013's Mama is unfortunately a combination of both subgenres. The plot is interesting and original, but the rest of the film we've seen over and over again. The jump scares are plenty and, and, and feel lazy and cheap, but then again, I, I feel like jump scares in general are always lazy and cheap. The body horror, however, and the unsettling uh, sound design made by the uh, feral kids and mama herself are the stuff of nightmares. I think we'd all agree that this movie is probably the scariest movie we've reviewed to date, maybe aside from Halloween. Um, Jessica Chastain is exceptional in the role of Annabelle, as are the child actors. I wish they'd use a little bit less CGI on Javier Botet's model. Um, his talent as a creature actor is on full display, but the CGI does take away from it somewhat. In my opinion, Mama is another ghost haunted house movie with an original idea and an unoriginal execution. If, like me, you haven't seen it yet, uh, you can probably skip it and not really feel bad about it. But if you're into the paranormal shit, give it a watch. All right, I'm going to kick mine off here with the letter grade of a C plus. I would say after this rewatch, my estimation of what this movie was has declined a bit. But uh, I'm still not going to cast it as being totally worthless because it's got some pretty cool ideas from someone I consider to be a talented director. Someone worth looking into in the future. Most of my favorite aspects of this movie were better done in 2017's It. Of course, a movie that I hold in very high regard. The sound design was a huge highlight for me, along with some rare prestige horror casting. You don't get much of that, so I will take looking at two attractive, talented people, even if it's just another ghost movie. So, story simple, effective, it's well done, but I'm not sure I will come back to this one again anytime soon. So, how close were we, Chris, on the... Fan score. Oh, the moment of truth. Alrighty, I'll uh, recap these scores here. Let's go in descending order. 
I myself went with an 85% guess for the Rotten Tomatoes audience fan score. Jesus Christ. Joseph set a 75 and Mr. Hootie. Oh my God, what the fuck was that? And Mr. Hootie with a 69. Ooh. That's about right. He's a disgusting pervert. It was was from Mama. Actual audience score here was a 55%. That sounds a lot more reasonable. Yeah. I've seen the movie. Yeah. So it looks like uh, the average audience probably ended up about where we all did after the rewatch. Though it looks like the critics were a little bit more favorable, though. I think it was closer to about 70% approval on their end. So So we thought it was mediocre. The fans thought it was mediocre. Nobody quite within range there. Looks like we're going to be randomized yet again, boys. But I do have a bit of news for you fellas. Oh, what's the news? Before we spin this wheel, we actually have another annual homework assignment oh, that's on the horizon. What the fuck is that? Go. We're going to start a new segment here in our franchise runs called A Nightmare Before Christmas, in which we will watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. Hell yeah. From wow, 1984, okay. the West Craven classic. Hell, West Craven. Hell, Craven. So that's what's Hell, next, Hell bud. Craven. And this looks like it'd actually be our last show of 2021. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. With a mandatory assignment here, we want to... The wheel has not been spun. The wheel will be spun next go around. So we're going to start off the year on another rando because we uh, we suck at this game that we invented. But it is what it is. Starting off 2022 on a heater. So you folks want to join along with us, we're going to go to YouTube, watch a trailer for 1984's A Nightmare on Elm Street. One, two. Ooh, rated R. Rated R. Rated R for rapist. <laughs> Too soon, man. Not accurate. New Line Cinema presents. This, this made New Line Cinema, actually. Oh, shit. Look at that old-ass New Line Cinema. Street. Don't know it yet. I love that scene. Uh, but something is coming to get them. There's something yeah, out fantastic. there. Oh, here he is. Take that bitch up the wall, bro. Tidy whities man. What year was this? John Saxon. Those me undies. I got to say. It's in the jar and puking since I was a kid. That's going to kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows how she's from or who it will visit next. Nancy? something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Whoa. Damn. Oh, shit. I used to be scared of bad because that scene. I don't know who has the better eyebrows, Nancy or Johnny Depp in this movie. Here it comes. The river of blood. Shit shows you about ten kills in there. She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails. Boom, got No one will survive. The surrealism is real, man. From West Craven, director of The Hills Have Eyes and Last oh. House on the Left. They had to plug The Hills Have Eyes. Fantasy yeah. terror, nightmare on you don't like The Hills Street. Have Eyes? I don't have any recollection of the original. I fucking love that movie. I did like the French, act, French director remake, though. It's probably not good, Hughes, but I liked it. The Hughes Have Eyes. Oh. I miss the the days when theaters got that the guy with the voice. We don't get that anymore. Oh yeah, the movie so theater that was, the trailer uh, guy. That was the trailer for 1984's Halloween. Halloween. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, a. I always I always feel like you have to specifically say a Nightmare on Elm Street. Commonly mislabeled Nightmare on Elm Street. That's not what it's called. In the spirit of the I season, mean, is there, Chris. Is there a Nightmare on Elm Street and Nightmare on Elm Street? People just call it Nightmare on Elm Street. In the uh, spirit a of nightmare. the season, it is not the Christmas story. It is a Christmas story. So yeah, we're going to celebrate Christmas with the uh, the green and red menace himself. Frederick Krueger. So just for shits and giggles, we want to take a stab at the fan score for... 
a nightmare on Elm Street from so 1984. Before you two slaughter this film with all of the tomfoolery that's already transpired so far. Those fools. I am going to go with a 96. Jesus Christ. Got him. I'm going to go a little bit lower than that. I think the movie's good, but I feel like the character of Freddy really didn't take shape till Nightmare 2. So this probably isn't held as, as in high regard as you're thinking. Uh, let's go with a solid 72. Damn. I think that's super low. I'm going to uh, let me sit on an 88. All right, folks, we'll see you for A Nightmare on Elm Street in a couple of weeks. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll be on a little bit of a longer break before you see us again. Thanks for listening. You can find us on damn near any podcast platform. Check out the socials and whatnot on the website, HorribleFilmSchool.com. Subscribe and follow to spread that love. If you can, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to use this sign-off to offer my support to women. Put in position to raise your boyfriends, brothers, feral children. Who gives this guy the right to take in two innocent child victims and offer them any semblance of normalcy or stability? We all know life can be difficult in a relationship with such a beautiful, thoughtful, charming, and handsome man. That was very deep. All right. I'm going to say, if you're listening to this show, tell your mama, tell your grandmama, tell all the mamas in your life about it. They're probably going to love it. And I'm super stoked for our next show where I get to defend the good damn name of Freddy Krueger. And with that... The good name. With that, I am out to do research on defending this man. Freddy Krueger. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we appreciate your time and attention. Every listen, download, comment, like, follow. We feel the love, and that's a uh, big part of what drives us to do this. Uh, we can't wait to see you next time. Class dismissed. Does Cracker Barrel serve alcohol?